We want customers, right? Yeah, silly question. Okay then, which ones? Today I'll talk about the value of an ideal customer profile, the benefits of creating one, and the problems that can arise when you ignore it. It happened to me. I'll tell you about it here on the Manage Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow by talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in and welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. I help professionals and entire organizations to get the most out of their everyday business conversations, the ones that generate by far the most growth opportunities. I do that through consulting, training, and both virtual and in-person speaking. This episode is brought to you by my book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business, published by Career Press. You can find it in paperback, Kindle, and audio versions wherever great business books are sold. You can also find a free sample on my website, jimcard.com. In the book, you'll find a simple, practical guide for bringing together your message, your messengers, and management habits so that you can accelerate the growth of your business for all of the new conversations awaiting you and your team. If now is the right time to build everyone's effectiveness in everyday business conversations, and if you think you might want some help in that regard, and if you're open to a 15-minute introductory call, then email me at jim at jimcar.com or send a message via LinkedIn. I'll get back to you right away for scheduling. I'm recording this solo episode during the big Outbound 2021 conference, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sales conferences in any given year. It's my first Outbound, very exciting. I led a session titled, What Works for Your Sales Messaging Playbook. This episode is a sort of confession. I felt compelled to share with you what happened when I ignored my own wonderful advice about messaging playbooks and prioritizing your sales conversations. It cost me. I don't want you to make a similar mistake. So here you go, free of charge. Now, one of the primary ways I work with clients is to help them create and use these messaging guides or playbooks. As I've spoken about here on the podcast and what I've written about, a playbook is meant to provide a single source of conversational truth to bring more clarity and scale and consistency to your most important growth conversations. That's for the benefit of your sales team and marketing efforts, of course, but also for leadership, channel partners, customer service teams, the so-called back office, still have their own connections and their own, their own brand and their own voice to the world. Even your current customers can benefit. And one of the common elements that we wind up putting into these is an ideal customer or ideal client profile. We might abbreviate that as the ICP. The idea is to get clarity on the very types of buyers who are your best fit. Why do this? You might say, hey, Jim, everybody knows what a customer looks like, but you might be surprised. In practice, there are some who basically believe anyone with a pulse and a budget is a good prospect and they wind up spinning their wheels. But also, I find that across many leadership and sales teams, there are some very different assumptions. That means different priorities, which turns into different ways that people are allocating their time, and thus a lot of wasted activity. That also 
confuses your message if different people in the organization have different ideas about something so fundamental as the types of customers or clients you serve. Therefore, when I create these playbooks with my clients, we workshop it out and get a more common understanding of the characteristics within your ICP. It might mean setting priorities according to the industry or the size of the company, its locations, its employee base, those kind of characteristics. It could also include indicators of how they buy, how they make decisions, if they're centralized or decentralized. Do they have a procurement office? Where are they spending today? And if your offering is technology-based or if it works best with certain types of technology that companies might already have, then that component is important to include in the ICP as well. You don't want to be attempting to sell something that cannot be easily implemented. If your underlying ideal customer profile exists only in a few people's heads, say the heads of the boss or the sales leader or a few top performers, and if it isn't codified or recorded anywhere, then your growth plans are much less likely to actually happen. The benefits of creating and working from an ICP go beyond just hitting your top line numbers, although certainly that's important. But when your customer base is a really good fit, then other good things happen. Those customers are more likely to stay your customers and to buy more from you over time. They're more likely to refer you to others like them, and they're more enjoyable to serve and work with. If, on the other hand, you wind up selling to customers or clients who don't really fit, then the opposite tends to occur. The sales process is harder. You can get beaten up on price because you aren't seen as a valuable, differentiated seller. And poor fit customers complain more. They tend to not follow your advice or guidance. And if they're unhappy, which is more likely to happen, then they're quick to let the world know about that as well. I have an ICP for my business uh, for consulting and coaching advisory work. It serves the same sort of purpose. It takes what you might feel like it's a leap of faith, but it's a really sound strategic move to establish an ICP for your business. The thing that I preach to my own clients is, think about this as where you're willing to invest into your clients or customers, not just who you're trying to nab. Instead, you are, in a way, investing in prospects as a paying customer is investing in you. You're investing in that future customer because there is opportunity cost involved. Once you sell something in there, that means you have spent time targeting and making all the efforts through your sales process. And because we can't do everything for everybody all the time, if you're choosing to go after prospect A, that necessarily means you might spend less time or no time going after potential prospect B or C or D. And you're investing your reputation with your ability to serve that customer really well. And you're investing to a degree in your future growth opportunities. You'd be creating great fans, the people I call messengers, who will, over time, when you manage your message, tend to talk to other people like themselves who have problems like the ones you're solving for them. This isn't perfect science, but it certainly changes your probabilities of success. And once you establish that ICP, it is useful to revisit it on a regular basis to adjust. There may be changes in your offerings and changes in the marketplace and the like. Now that I've given you all of that as a setup, I wanted to share with you a bit of a cautionary tale. It's the one time recently when I strayed from my own ICP, and it really brought home the value of having this and actually sticking to it. Because as human beings, we can have good intentions 
and still make poor decisions. Now, I have my own ICP, actually slightly different ones for the consulting versus the speaking sides of my business. On the consulting side, my best fit clients are businesses for whom customer conversations are especially important. They sell things that are higher value or often complicated that might feel risky. They're in industries such as financial services, high tech like AI or software or cybersecurity. They may be in healthcare, talent management, manufacturing, telecommunications, franchising. What they have in common is they need their teams to be knowledgeable and confident to be trustworthy advisors. They generally have multiple people involved in the process of sales and marketing. And they often have other teams inside or outside the company who are involved in distribution, customer service, or customer success. That means they need to build consistency in what they're saying and asking and showing and doing. They also have a sponsor or a business owner who is committed to the growth plan and who actively invests in their employees. Now, not very long ago, I had the opportunity to reconnect with a friend from a number of years ago. And since school days, we had been in occasional touch. We work in different industries and in different parts of the country, so it was nice to catch up. Shortly after the catch-up, this old friend asked me more about my work, and he began to talk about a business he was about to join and invest in. Now, I won't go into, into detail here, but it's a type of medical practice. Now, this friend is not a medical professional himself, but he has a very good friend who is. And my friend's doctor friend has for years wanted to strike out more on his own to cut the ties with an existing big practice, and it seemed that he was finally going to do so. This doctor had apparently been frustrated with attempts in the past to grow. He had felt burned by practice managers and marketing agencies. None of this is really his world. He wanted to generate more patient flow and deliver a great patient experience, but just wasn't sure how to do so. So my long ago friend asked if the three of us could talk and perhaps I could help out to be a sounding board. And I did so as a favor. And as we spoke, and we wound up speaking on multiple occasions over a few weeks, I offered some recommendations, and eventually my friend and his doctor friend asked whether they might hire me. Well, at this point, the fledgling business is a potential client, by definition. And although I do sometimes work with smaller businesses, the nature of this business is not in my ICP. And furthermore, there were several red flags in this doctor's mindset. It should have told me that it would be a difficult working relationship. He had a revolving door when it came to hiring people, either in-house or third party for marketing efforts. He had very little in the way of systems or even habits. He didn't think much of his staff, frankly. And from our discussions, he clearly had some emotional and decision-making baggage. But nevertheless, I wanted to be a nice guy. And I was confident that I could help his business if he would be willing to act on my recommendations and actually stick with it. Well, you can guess what actually happened. It, it didn't go well. For example, I later learned from a staff member once I was already involved in this, that this doctor once took, get this, six months to decide on the color of the pens that they gave away in the practice. Six months on a pen color. This client repeatedly frustrated himself and everyone around him. And without action, the practice wasn't going to grow, at least not nearly to the degree it could. And for me, I had an equally frustrating and labor-intensive experience. Multiple site visits going over the same things, 
lots of after-hour calls that took time from family, just a bad cycle. This was a unique, singularly bad client experience. This almost never happens to me. It's one that I don't want to happen to me again, and I really don't want you to have an avoidably bad experience either. So what are your growth plans? Are you expanding your existing customer relationships, going after net new customers or both? Do you have new offerings? Are you selling to different types of buyers? Whatever the case, I highly recommend that you don't skip the step of developing your ICP, your ideal customer profile. You might have a document or a checklist or a scorecard in your business that exists today. It just needs a review, perhaps an update. Perhaps you're starting from scratch. Either way, the result doesn't have to be complicated, but it is an investment of a little bit of time across your team that will save you in the long run. It's like one of my late mother's many, many sayings. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. I appreciate you joining us here on the podcast, whether you are a returning message manager listener or if this is your first time in. This is a side project for me. My day job is, as I said, a consultant and speaker. So if you find this valuable, I would really appreciate your five-star rating and review. That helps other professionals like you to find us. Even better, tell a friend directly. And I hope you continue to find ideas for honing your message, growing your base of messengers, and growing your business. You can dig in more deeply by reading or listening to my book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find it wherever business books are sold. And again, you can even check out a free sampler on my website, jimcard.com. This might be the time to get your team ready for their new everyday business conversations and setting priorities. You have several options for getting started. I also offer a free five-step, one-page guide for managing your growth message. It's available to you on the website. You can ask me on LinkedIn. You can email me directly at jim at jimcard.com. My direct mobile number is even on the website. So I'd love to talk. I also have a number of message leadership and growth programs, which I deliver virtually and in person so that you and everyone around your business can likewise be comfortable and effective and confident in their customer conversations in all of the ways that those conversations will be happening in the coming months and years. Until next time, message managers, thanks for joining this conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at managermessagepodcast.com and jimcar.com. Please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. And connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often.